gaze at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cutback. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. The tale of the tape, 49ers versus Minnesota Vikings scheduled, of course, for Monday night football primetime action. 49ers looking to bounce back. Vikings looking to build on what has been a kind of down season for them at two and four right now. But uh, there's a lot of things to get into this. Of course, we're going to get into the numbers of exactly how these teams match up how they've been playing this year and what those numbers signify are the strengths and weaknesses of the team. And both of these teams need a big win. Of course, this is a conference game, so it goes a lot to help your playoff status. And the 49ers need to bounce back. They just lost a big game to the Cleveland Browns and a very uh, tough loss at that. So they need to make sure they get their feet back under them and reestablish themselves as one of the best teams in the league. And of course, they have definitely proved to be that this week. But how you respond is ultimately how you are perceived. And how you respond also can get you right back on track. So the 49ers need to go ahead and show that they are battle-tested, that they can overcome mistakes, overcome a loss, and bounce back. And in their way is Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. And they're an interesting football team because they do have dynamic players at several positions yet have definitely not played up to that level so far this year. So when we get into the numbers, what is it going to display? Is it going to display a huge discrepancy in the 49ers' favor? Is it going to be more balanced? Well, I think there are some areas that the Vikings have uh, a more strength than the 49ers as far as yards and that sort of thing. Uh, and then there's just utter domination in some categories for the 49ers. So I'm looking forward to getting into this because I think it will tell a good story about what we can expect in a game that's going to see Kirk Cousins, who we know Kyle Shanahan has a real affinity for. He's been looking for a Kirk Cousins against Brock Purdy, who just played his worst game that he's ever played in the NFL. And he's going to be looking to reestablish himself and reassert himself as one of the top quarterbacks going in the league right now. So I'm really looking forward to getting into this matchup, and the numbers are going to tell us the story. It's a Texas showdown in the postseason, and Bet Online is your number one source. For all your baseball wagering info with all the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns, get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals for the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real-time updates on statistics, news, odds. We have everything you need to stay up to speed on the LCS all the way through the World Series. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action don't forget to use your promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V in all caps, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So let's get into this. Let's look at who these two teams are. First off, uh, their records. The 49ers are 5-1, and one, the Minnesota Vikings 2-4. and four. And let's be honest, a 2-5 and five for the Minnesota Vikings, they might start selling off parts. They might start looking to the future, what this team could be post uh, Cousins, you know, post other players like Harrison Smith, maybe Daniil Hunter. So this is significant in where they plan on going with this season. 
Kirk Cousins, of course, wants to stay in Minnesota. He wants to see out this contract, and he wants to win. But right now, they haven't really been uh, effective as far as getting Ws. Uh, they've had moments they look good. They've had games they should have won, but they've come up short. With the 49ers, they're on the opposite end. They're looking to continue uh, their dominance within the NFL and try to work to get that number one seed. This is an important game because it's a conference game. Conference games definitely mean a lot more as far as playoff seeding. So it's important. Not to mention it's on Monday night. Uh, both of these teams are going to be in front of a national audience and they're going to want to show up and show out. And with the 49ers losing to Cleveland, they're going to be looking to reestablish themselves as one of the top teams and probably quite a lot of the noise that has came from you know, what happened in Cleveland and how they lost 19-17. to 17. Uh, So let's look at the points per game. San Francisco 49ers still averaging over 30. In fact, this game against Cleveland is the first time that a Brock Purdy-led team uh, has scored less than 19. They scored 19 last year in the playoffs against Dallas. He was held to 21 uh, with broken ribs in Seattle on a Thursday night football game. But other than that, it's been all 30-point performances for the 49ers, including this year, 330-point exactly in a row, followed by a 35 and a 42, and then a 17-point output against the Cleveland Browns. Of course, they left a lot of plays on the field. They got to feel like they didn't execute at a high level. You look on the other side, the Vikings averaging 21.5 points per game. It's not a bad number, uh, but... You know, you got to feel if you're scoring 21 points a game, three touchdowns worth, you have a chance to win. But that is still a nine-point difference between them and the San Francisco 49ers. But anytime you have an offensive weapon like Cousins uh, and TJ Hawkinson, you got to feel like you can score points. But can they score points on the San Francisco 49ers defense? As far as offensive yards per game, the 49ers outgain the Vikings 371.3 to 338.7. Uh, so both of these teams are pretty close to 350. 49ers outgain by nearly 40 yards. Uh, but it's just an idea of how these offenses work. Now we'll get into deeper how they function because now we'll get into rush yards and pass yards and how it breaks down. So for your rush yards, the 49ers 148 yards on the ground per game. Of course, it was way higher before they went into Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns did a good job of slowing down the 49ers' rush attack. 49ers did get 106 yards on the game, but they were averaging 156 yards per game going in there. So their average drops eight yards uh, with the Vikings struggling on the ground. Only 75 yards per game on the ground. Not exactly what you want uh, from this rushing attack, but of course, you know they moved on from Dalvin Cook. It's Alexander Madison. That is getting the carries. They traded for Cam Akers and brought him in. And neither one of them have had significant amounts of success on the ground. 75 yards is not a good run game. And it puts a lot of pressure and a lot of onus on, you know, Kirk Cousins to make sure that he goes out there and wins football games. And now he has to do it without Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson, of course, on the IR will not be playing in this game. So who's going to be available? Well, We'll go through that in one second, but Madison and Cam Akers are going to be tasked with trying to get a run game going against this 49ers defense, a 49ers defense that just gave up 160 plus yards to the Cleveland Browns on the ground. So now there is a way to go about it. We saw it actually against the Rams. The Rams showed a 
blueprint on how to attack the 49ers rush defense. And now we've seen uh, the Cleveland Browns do the same sort of thing. I would fully expect the Vikings to try to take advantage of that uh, blueprint as well and try to get a run game going. The 49ers have to make sure they can counteract it, that they can overcome what teams are trying to do to them to run to the football and take advantage of their ability to get pressure, not just in the run game, but against the quarterback as well. So let's look at the passing yards that each team is able to put up. The 49ers at 223, uh, with you know the Vikings being at 263.7. This is one of those categories that the Vikings do a lot more throwing of the football than the 49ers. Kirk Cousins has thrown for more yards uh, than Brock Purdy. They've had a lot of success in this category. And part of the reason that they've had success uh, is because they have situations where they have to play from behind. 49ers have been playing from the front the entire year. Uh, before the Cleveland game, the 49ers had only trailed for a minute and 30 seconds the entire season. Of course, the Cleveland Browns got up, and now it's a little bit different, but 49ers have just been that dominant, and now they've got you know situations like they had against Cleveland where they had to win uh, coming, trying to come back. They were unable to come back, but they did get the ball where they wanted to get it. So uh, the Vikings have been throwing for more yards, and the 49ers have been very comfortable with the balance that they're getting on offense where they rush the football uh, for nearly 150 yards a game, and then they throw the ball. Now, this number dropped a little bit in past yards because Brock only threw for 125 against the Browns, but they're really close to like 250 passing normally and then closer to 150 rushing the football. So you see how they do it. Almost 400 yards per game is kind of what they were going with until they played Cleveland. So we'll see. Was it the Cleveland defense, or is there now a blueprint out on how to beat the 49ers? I think that's going to be interesting. So let's talk quarterbacks for a second. And here's the quarterback comparison. You see both quarterbacks are completing at 67 point, you know, 2.5. Cousins at 67.2. Brock Purdy at 67.5. With these two quarterbacks, they've been pretty accurate. Brock Purdy was 72% completion percentage before the Cleveland Browns game. And he had one heck of a game, uh, just struggles. He was throwing behind receivers. He missed big opportunities. Uh, it was it was tough sledding for Brock Purdy in that game. But uh, you got to expect him to bounce back in this matchup. And, of course, Kirk Cousins doing what he does. And let's be honest, 67% is still pretty good in the NFL. As far as yards go, Brock Purdy at 1396 to Kirk Cousins 1679. So there's where you're seeing that advantage in the passing game. Kirk Cousins has definitely been asked to throw more with the ineffectiveness of the Vikings rushing attack. So he's been having to do that. They've been having to play from behind a little bit. Uh, so you're seeing more there, but he's doing a very good job in that. But Brock almost to 1,400 yards now. Touchdowns, both quarterbacks in double digits. Brock Purdy with 10 touchdowns. Kirk Cousins with 14. And interceptions, both, both quarterbacks taking care of the football. Brock, of course, threw his first interception of the season against the Cleveland Browns. Her Cousins has thrown four interceptions on the season, but that 14-4 to ratio is really good. You want a 2-1 to ratio, Cousins is taking care of the football. He's doing a good job, so you got to feel like you're going against a really good quarterback if you're the 49ers defense heading into this matchup. As far as sacks go, Brock Purdy has been sacked 11 times, Kirk Cousins 15 times in six games, so... You can see they're able to get to Kirk Cousins. He does have a tendency to hold on the football from time to time. 
and Brock Purdy's been sacked 11. And the 49ers know they want to keep this number down sometimes. It's Brock Purdy outside the pocket. And we did have some instances where they called it a sack or an intentional grounding on Brock. And that was a little bit different from what we had seen uh, so far this year where he had been able to escape, been able to at least get rid of the football and throw it out of bounds and take care of it. Uh, that was a tougher sledding against the Cleveland Browns. And here come the Vikings with the pass rush as well. Daniil Hunter will be looking to add on to his uh, season total and get after Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, a 111.9 quarterback or 111.9 rating. And then you've got Kirk Cousins with a 100.6 rating. Brock Purdy was at 122 plus uh, going into that Cleveland game. Just shows you how elite he was until he came into that matchup against the Cleveland Browns. And you got to give the Cleveland Browns a lot of credit. They did a very good job of making sure they made Brock Purdy feel uncomfortable. And really, that's what you want to do. I mean, you want to make quarterbacks feel uncomfortable. They did a good job in that category. And that's why they came. They walked away with the win. And you got to tip your cap to Cleveland. Fortnite's got to feel like uh, they have opportunities to get better. But a lot of it has to do with some of the stats that we're talking about right now in this matchup. Like third down conversion percentage. Uh, the 49ers convert on third down at a 43.9 rate uh, to the Vikings, 34.3. So uh, 49ers are over 40% on third down. This number would have been a uh, way higher. It was 47% going into the Cleveland Browns uh, game, but the Cleveland Browns are one of the best. In fact, they're the best defense in the NFL on not allowing teams to get third down conversions and the 49ers fell into that. They only converted on three of 12. It brought their conversion rate down. They need to make sure they get their third down conversions up to close to 50%. How do you do that? You stay on schedule. You don't have negative plays. You don't have penalties. Uh, two things that were definitely causing the 49ers some struggles in that matchup against Cleveland. Not only was there 12 penalties on the 49ers for over 100 yards, there was also uh, plenty of times they had negative plays on screens, on runs, uh, you know, balls getting away from Brock Purdy. So they need to make sure they take care of the football, but limit the amount of negative plays and penalties they have. That's not winning football. And so they know what they got to do. Stay on schedule. Third and short mean convertible situations. As far as the Vikings, 34.3 is not great. You know, that's one of the lower third in the league. The Vikings definitely need to improve in that category. And a lot of the reason why, when you only rush the football for 75 yards per game, you can put yourself in some tough third and long situations. And that's ultimately what the 49ers defense wants to put the Vikings in. So if the Vikings can't stay on schedule and have third and shorts, they're going to struggle to convert against a 49ers defense that only allows conversions on 37.5% uh, of third down snaps. And the Cleveland Browns struggled on third down against the 49ers. They were three of 13. So not exactly a great performance. That's not a reason the 49ers defense lost the football game. In fact, it's the defense didn't lose it at all. Right? It was a team loss, uh, but they did their job on third down, got off the field, gave their offense more opportunities. As far as the Vikings, they're giving up a little over 40%, 43.5. Anytime it gets over 40, your defense is not getting it done. That could mean early down success, or that could mean breakdowns in coverage when you get to third and long. Uh, it's a little interesting considering Daniil Hunter has eight sacks on the season. You would think that's a lot of third down stops. 
but the, the Vikings seem to struggle in that area. So the 49ers need to make sure they take advantage of opportunities to get the Vikings off the field and get the ball back into the 49ers' offensive hands. That's going to be a key in this football game. And a way you can see how each defense either is successful or struggles and how each offense is a little bit better than the other, depending on how they convert on third down. It's always a very significant snap in the football game. So let's talk points per game allowed. So now we're getting into the defense, what these defenses look like. It's going to tell a, a pretty big story here. So the same way that the 49ers offense was nine points better than the Minnesota Vikings offense, the 49ers defense is eight points better than the defense as far as points allowed. So the Vikings give up 22.5 points per game. And the 49ers only give up uh, 14.5, which is best in the NFL, just ahead of the Kansas City Chiefs at 14.7. So the 49ers have the best scoring defense in the entire NFL, and they need to continue that. And they need to continue to hold teams down. And they're going to have a tough matchup against Kirk Cousins and some pretty good weapons on the other side of the football. But you can see 49ers defense definitely shows out. Vikings closer to middle of the pack in the league where the 49ers are the absolute best on defense as far as points scored. As far as defensive yards allowed, uh, the 49ers give up you know 278 yards uh, total and the Vikings over 331. So you can see teams have definitely more success against the Vikings defense than they do the 49ers. 49ers, I don't think it's a question of coming in with a better defense overall. It's more talented. It has playmakers at all three levels, and the Vikings just don't have that. And they have some injuries. They've lost some talented players, and they're just not as good as they have been in the past. But they're an NFL team, and they still make plays. 49ers are going to have to go earn it on the offensive side of the football. So these are how the pass yards per game look. 49ers giving up under 200 passing yards per game. Uh, it's it's not quite what Cleveland does. Cleveland spectacular at 125 you know, pass yards per game allowed. 49ers at 197.8. But anything under 200 in today's NFL, I think, is really, really spectacular. So that's good pass defense for the 49ers. They could continue to get better at that. You know, the closer you get it to 150, you feel like every single game, you're going to have a chance to win. You look at the Vikings, and they're giving up, you know, 218.8. So they're giving up more yardage through the air than the 49ers uh, but still a not a significant amount that's a pretty good number Vikings playing pretty good pass defense uh, but I'm sure once we get to the numbers it'll kind of be revealed why it's because the run defense the Vikings are giving up 112 yards per game on the ground and we just went over the fact the 49ers are rushing the football for nearly 150 yards on the ground per game that could mean that the 49ers are going to turn their attack back to the ground uh, running the football, will it be Christian McCaffrey? Don't know. Adam Schefter said that uh, the belief is that there's no significant injury there. That is basically a pain tolerance situation. So if Christian McCaffrey can deal with the pain on Monday night, he will play. If not, it'll be Elijah Mitchell. It'll be Jordan Mason. They'll carry the load for the 49ers on the ground. I look for Kyle Shannon to want to establish a run game early so that way he can somewhat slow up the effectiveness of Daniil Hunter, but they got to make sure they stay on schedule. And the way that the Cleveland Browns played the 49ers gave everyone a blueprint, single high safety, eight guys in the box, be aggressive with 
everyone, bring blitzes. Uh, so will the Vikings try to employ a similar game plan? Now, they don't have the same you know, players. They don't have the same talent on the edges. They're going to be possibly missing Marcus Davenport. So I think that the 49ers definitely are going to have to make sure that they take advantage when teams go single high on them. They weren't able to against Cleveland. They had opportunities. Let's see what Minnesota tries to do in this game. But then the 49ers rush defense, even with that huge output by Cleveland, still only gives up 80 yards per game. 49ers were giving up 64 before they went into that Cleveland Browns game. 64 yards per game. They had dominant performances against the Cowboys, against the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, but the Cleveland Browns figured it out and how to get it done on the run game. A lot of it, 49ers running a too high shell. Probably when I would have been more aggressive and you know brought guys in the box, but the 49ers and Steve Wilkes, who am I to criticize him? He's done a really good job, only allowing 14.5 yards per game. So we'll see if he ends up adjusting and being more aggressive. I think in this matchup, it's a little bit different because the Vikings haven't been able to have success on the ground only averaging 75 yards per game. 49ers would probably try to establish that they can stop the run with seven in the box and not have to bring a safety in. If they can, the strength of the Vikings offense is the passing game. Then you can counter strength with strength. You can stop their run game with just seven and keep two deep safeties to make sure you keep uh, the Vikings offense in check because even though they are missing Justin Jefferson, they still have TJ Hawkinson, Right, I mean, they still have Jordan Addison. Those are solid football players who can make plays. Um, so KJ Osborne, Jordan Addison, and you know TJ Hawkinson. Those are the guys that are going to have to handle it with Justin Jefferson out. But they've still found a way to move the ball and a, a way to make plays. So I think, even though I think the Vikings want to establish a running game, they can't waste too much time on it because if you get behind the sticks against this 49ers defense with the addition of Randy Gregory. Uh, who already got his first sack, three hurries in the game against the Cleveland Browns in just 24 snaps. 49ers can get after you, and they still have an interior pass rush with Javon Hargrave and, of course, Nick Bosa on the outside. So lots of talent for the 49ers. We could see the return of Dre Greenlaw in this game, too. That would be significant as far as defense stopping the run and helping in the pass game especially on Hawkinson. He could help redirect, and he could help cover him underneath. The other injury news, of course, was Debo Samuel and Trent Williams are day-to-day. -day. Both of them have a shot to play against the Vikings. And then George Odom, who's dealing with a thigh contusion, also has an opportunity to play in the game. So that's good news for the 49ers, uh, possibilities for those guys to get out there. So let's talk turnovers. Something I'm always interested in, right? You guys come through the channel. It's third down conversion rate. It's it's turnovers because turnovers and third down conversion rate often uh, figure into the, the final of the game. Of course, against Cleveland, 49ers won the turnover battle. Uh, 49ers, you know, uh, were dead even as far as third down conversion rate, and they lost. But that's why you got a two-point game, and they had an opportunity to win that game. So the Minnesota Vikings turn over the football. They have 13 giveaways this year. Four of those are interceptions by Kirk Cousins. So uh, the rest are other guys making mistakes and turning over the football. 13 giveaways to the 49ers, three. 49ers have done a very good job of taking care of the football. When they have their turnovers, they're singular. One fumble strip sack by TJ Watt in week one. Uh, one fumble in the Sunday night matchup by Christian McCaffrey 
against the Dallas Cowboys in week five, and then one interception by Brock Purdy in week six. So even though they have turned the football over in significant moments, they haven't come back to ultimately bite them in the butt too bad because they've kept it to just one. They continue to win turnover battles, which is important. So this could be very significant in this matchup is the 49ers who have a very good defense and they like to take away the football against a Vikings offense that puts the ball out there to be taken away. If the 49ers can win the turnover battle, you got to think they have a really good opportunity to beat the Vikings in this matchup. And here it is. 49ers take the ball away, 11 takeaways on the season, 10 interceptions, one fumble recovery. Of course, the fumble is when Fred Warner knocked the ball out. It spun for a while, and Kevin Givens got on top of it. That was on Tony Pollard. The rest have been interceptions. Two interceptions by Fred Warner, two interceptions by Talano Ufonga, two interceptions by Diameter Lenore, and then everybody else has one. Only one linebacker as part of the starting group doesn't have an interception, and that's Drake Greenlaw. So the 49ers get their hands on the football. They make things happen, and that's going to be important in this game. Now you look to the other side. It's not like the Vikings are struggling taking care of the football. Uh, Getting six turnovers in six games is not bad. Averaging one turnover per game, that's solid. So you got to make sure you take care of the football. If you're Brock Purdy, if you're the San Francisco 49ers playmakers, don't allow for the ball to get knocked out. Now let's talk turnover differential. This is where it gets huge. Just absolutely huge. The amount the Vikings have turned over the football and the way the 49ers have taken care of the football while getting turnovers, 49ers are plus 15. Now, of course, that doesn't mean anything. They went into the uh, the Cleveland Browns game last week up plus 14 in turnover differential. Now they're going into another one where they're plus 15. Everything says the 49ers should win the turnover battle, and that should have a significant impact on the outcome of the football game. But you have to make sure that you get the victory. And so this is going to be something interesting. It's going to be, can the Vikings take care of the football and not allow the 49ers to get opportunities to get their hands on it? If the 49ers get their hands on the football and are able to get short fields for Brock Purdy and the 49ers offense, that will go a long way with dictating who wins this game. 49ers rally off turnovers, and it makes a big deal, and that's how you go down quickly. But of course, 49ers have to find ways to limit negative plays once they get those turnovers. Fred Warner's first interception against the Cleveland Browns got the 49ers down to the 25-yard line. It should have been at least field goal range right there. They end up losing a lot of yardage and forcing a 54-yard field goal for Jake Moody. That's not great. So the 49ers got to make sure you stop those negative plays, and one way to do it is to make sure you're always going forward. So it's going to be interesting, this matchup for sure. Uh, some of the injuries I talked about a little bit, you know, what's going to happen with the 49ers. Of course, they're dealing with injuries uh, to Trent Williams. He had an ankle issue. He's day-to-day. There are some expectations that maybe he can play. We'll see how this week progresses. Uh, Dre Greenlaw is expected to be out at practice on Wednesday. We'll give an update if that is the case and he is out there. Uh, Debo Samuel, day-to-day with a shoulder. All the imaging, x-ray, MRI, come back negative. So he is day-to-day. And then Christian McCaffrey as well, uh, imaging good. So uh, he's just got to deal with pain tolerance, and we'll see if Christian McCaffrey is able to go. If he's not, it comes down to Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell. Uh, For the Vikings, they're dealing, of course, with Justin Jefferson being injured, Jalen Naylor. 
Also, another wide receiver being injured and on the IR. Left guard Ezra Cleveland is dealing with an injury. So it'll be, you know, that'll be something that's monitored. Of course, you know, they have some injuries. They've had some problems along the offensive line. So they're going to, you know, we're going to see what happens there. That could have a huge impact on the game where the four yards have tremendous success with their interior defensive line pass rush and their defensive pass rush in general. And so you got to make sure if you're the Vikings that you sure up that offensive line. Marcus Davenport is the new one. Uh, I don't know if he's going to end up on IR, but I heard rumors. There's a potential of him going on the IR. And if he's out, they're going to lose a edge defender that can come up and help take pressure off Daniil Hunter. And then a Caleb Evans, the, the cornerback, is dealing with something as well. So we'll monitor those things during the week and see if these injuries end up, you know, becoming something for the Minnesota Vikings or for the 49ers and anything materializes for any of these playmakers. Hopefully uh, both teams come to the matchup healthy and we have a great showing on Monday night football. So thank you guys so much for joining me. If you're listening uh, or if you're watching, please subscribe to the channel. Give the video a like. I appreciate it. Goes to help the algorithm. It doesn't cost you a thing. If you're listening on an audio platform, 40 yards cutback on Believe, please give it a five-star rating. Of course, on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific time, you can head on over to the PSF app and join me and Mark Adams for the Red and Bull Show. We're going to be over there live. You can come in and you can chat live with us as we go through a little bit about the Browns and then flip our attention over to the Minnesota Vikings and what's going on over there. So I hope you guys will join me. Like always, plenty of content available over on Patreon, the Ant Hill Show, uh, all 22 film breakdowns of the, the Cleveland Browns game. Um, lots of things that you can find out in that matchup. So go over there, check out Patreon. Hope you guys all have a good one. Thanks for joining me. Of course, this episode brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. Catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe. Remember the right way is always the 49ers way.